I'm super happy and I'm a little itchy, so I'm good. Welcome to Indecorous Podcast. Indecorous means not in good taste. 9-11 was a gender reveal. <laughs> Indecent. Bunch of lunatics with morbid senses of humor. Immoral. You don't have the money to bulldoze this building? Just draw Muhammad all over the place. <laughs> Somebody will blow that shit up. Shameless. I let my bush grow because it's kind of one of those lots for love type of situations. Impolite. People always fingering, but I'm like, you know what? My finger is always hard. I don't get whiskey fingers. And beyond the pale. What you wearing down on your toes? I want to, after the top of the year, we, I think this is a thing we should do on the reg, uh, welcome our latest Patreon supporter, CJ. CJ supporting us on Patreon now. Oh, that's Heck. awesome. We, we fooled another one. Heck yeah, dude. Yeah. And he's a dignified scholarly courtesan, right? That's right. That's the $10 level, correct? I, I can't keep up with all the fancy names, but I know it's the $10 level. Yeah, dude. All right, so thank you, CJ, man. You're the, you're the man, bro. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you, CJ. Shit. And also, I want to give a shout out. This is a special shout out just on my part to Be Busy 20 on TikTok. So thank you, Be Busy 20. That's B E E B U S Y 20. She did a lip sync to one of my album tracks. This is that, that little girl, right? She's like a precious little 10-year-old girl or she something? She is like, if she's, yeah, something like eight, nine, or 10. So you'd still probably think she's hot. <laughs> but she was, she did a killer, killer lip sync. So thank you, Be Busy 20. I would follow you on TikTok, but I don't have a TikTok. So if anybody out there does have TikTok, please show Be Busy 20 some love. Do we have a TikTok, Ian? Yes, we do, Carlos, as a matter of fact. That's news. Where can people find us on TikTok? At Indecorous Comedy. Just check out Indecorous Comedy TikTok, and we've got a few videos up. How do you spell Indecorous, Bobby? That's I-N-D-E-C-L-R-O-U-S. I-N-D-E-C-L-R-O-U-S. So if you've ever wanted to see the boys of Indecorous Comedy (laughs) shake our collective asses to really crappy pop music, this is where we're doing it. Well, I was I, have, I was just thinking that that shout out should be pretty comforting for her after the state takes her from her mother for letting her listen to, <laughs> to your yeah. comedy. But she's gonna she's gonna rock it though. She's gonna be the next Catch Me Outside. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell this girl's going. Is that just based on the homelessness or? <laughs> yeah, that's something like that. The other thing I want to update everybody is that we won our first playoff game, guys, on fantasy football. No shit. Okay. Hell yeah. We we beat the Pen15 podcast. We beat them 125 to 98. You guys get it? Pen15? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Penis. It's hard to picture if you're not looking at it, but it's penis. And so when the headline came out that we won, it said, the penis came short. <laughs> <laughs> came That's delicious. Short. Yeah. yeah oh, wait, wait. What did you say? I'm sorry. I was too busy spelling boobs on my calculator. Yeah, that's right. Well, so with this victory, we're going to move it on to the semifinals where we will be playing Rushmore Podcast, which we already beat them once, and then we played them again, and they destroyed us. But yeah. I, I believe in our team. I believe in our team. I, I feel good. I feel good, guys. I think we're going to make the finals. We're, we're, we're going to make the Super Bowl of Podcast Fantasy Football League. <laughs> Hope so, man. So uh, before we run out of time here, Carlos, you had a busy week. So mm-hmm. do you want to catch the listeners up on the social media shitstorm with the uh, you and Kevin without the E, or is that what he called himself, Kevin? Kevin Kayvon. without Kevin. He's the he's the most honest and famous half Persian comedian, or <laughs> or Perusian, as you like to say, Ian. So, so so to catch everyone up, Carlos made a gentleman's bet with this Kevin fella, hundred dollars based on the outcome of the election, and this guy 
welched in the most pussy fashion possible and then got backed into a corner and then you can catch everyone up. We have talked about this a little bit on the podcast already and I haven't mentioned this. I did make two bets with non-Trumpers. They just, they weren't Trump supporters. They just were kind of pessimistic and they, and which a lot of people, Tom Simmons actually was one of them that was like, he's going to win. He's going to, you know, they were being over pessimistic. Right. So I made two bets with two non-Trumpers. They paid immediately. Like I put it <laughs> on my Facebook. I put one was a Raj, a comic. I was like, hey, dude, looks like they called it. Boom. Within five minutes, he had already Venmoed me the $100. And then the other one gave it to me cash. Meanwhile, the Trumpers that I bet, Kayvon, and then this other loser from Maine, that they're like, oh, there's a lot of uh, litigation and you got to wait for the blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So I'm like, of course. But what really propelled it again this week is that, well, it started with the Doug Stanhope death pool tech guy. He posted a thing where he was like, hey, pay Carlos. You know, like a bunch of people have hit him up about paying me. <laughs> so they hit him up about paying me and he blocked them, which is what he does. Every, <laughs> just about every single person that has hit him up about paying me, he just blocks. Yeah. That's his move. And so the guy from Deathpool suggested like, hey, how about let's just make this a thing. Do hashtag pay Carlos and see if we can all get blocked. By and dude, I saw this was actually trending on Twitter. If you if you did hashtag in the word pay, hashtag pay, hashtag pay Carlos would show up as like the fifth result on Twitter for like Somebody, a, a day. Yeah, a buddy of mine showed me that. Yeah, he was like, look, if you click, if you type pay, pay Carlos is like the number three or something like that. But yeah, that dude. was even, but that wasn't even what propelled it though. I mean, when I saw that, when I saw them doing that. I was like, okay, that sounds like a great idea to me. And so that's when I put it out there. If we can shame this guy into paying me the $100, I will split the $100 between two of the people that got blocked by him. So basically $50 each. Send me a screen cap of you getting blocked by Kayvon. If he ever pays $100, i will do a random draw and I'll pay each one $50. And then you welch on that. <laughs> and then, yeah, that's when I disappear and nobody ever hears from me again. And we'll My work here is done. Because I really, again, I don't really care about the money as much. It was as because I, I never expected these Trumpers to pay to begin with. I was just basically trying to prove a point that they're fucking welshing pieces of shit. Right. But if we could get this guy to pay, then all right, we'll do too. And through that, somehow Stanhope got word of it, I guess, because then he posted on his own. Good afternoon at Kayvon Comedy. You failed to pay a $100 wager with Carlos Valencia on the election and your account has been turned over to us for collection. Perhaps this was merely an oversight on your part, but this needs to be remedied ASAP. When can we expect payment? <laughs> so once he posted <laughs> that, that goes to however 500,000 Twitter followers and they started hitting up came on so that's when it really fucking ramped up because now he was getting fucking <laughs> messages left and right so that's probably right when hashtag pay carlos started really trending on twitter exactly so that's when it really started picking up and you know i'm i've got no i mean i've never had anything to hide from this so when he posted i'm like yeah fuck it let's do this shit and i i, I retweeted again my thing is like yeah okay and, and i'll put it out there for the podcast listeners if you hit up Kayvon at Kayvon comedy on Twitter or basically on any social media he's on and send me a, a screen cap of him blocking you or just you sending the message. If he ever pays the hundred dollars, I will split the hundred between two people that hit him up for it. Cause I honestly, I really, 
No, it was never about the money. It's been a lot more fun that he didn't even pay the money. Because if he had just paid like immediately, that would have been fucking zero fun. I'd be like, oh, fuck, I just got proven wrong. Apparently some of these Trumpers do have fucking honor. But no, of course he doesn't. And he's still, again, since he's getting hit left and right from people, he's still trying to pull the whole thing. Like, oh, I gave uh, Carlos a marketing class. He owed Uh, me $400. That was the most ridiculous shit. Like... I mean, at no point was there any because I saw all all of that exchange, and it's like at, at no point did you agree, did you enter into some sort of like oral contract or anything? Yeah, never. You know? And then he and he keeps saying like, "Oh, Carlos asked me over an hour of questions, which I asked him no questions." Yeah, <laughs> like it's like like Stanhope is my friend. You think I would go to you? Yeah. <laughs> for comedy advice are you fucking kidding me but this is what's very it's kind of i mean he really is one of the saddest people i've ever met and i don't mean that just because he owes me money but he really is because every time i've noticed this just about every time anybody's hit him up about paying me he's like before carlos sent you did he tell you about blah 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 and it's always carlos sent you where i haven't sent anybody <laughs> yeah. like i've never i've posted it on my thing that he owes me money and i've never discouraged anybody from hitting him up but I've never been like, hey, Doug, or hey, Jamie, or hey, whoever, can you hit up Kayvon because he owes me. I've never told anybody to hit him up directly or anything like that. Doug found out about it tangentially, I'm assuming because of the death pool thing. But I never hit him up. I'm like, I was never like, hey, Doug, can you hit this guy up? But every time anybody hits him up, he's like, oh, so Carlos sent you. And I was like, I haven't sent anybody. But you know what that tells me is that this guy has no friends. <laughs> so like the other the only way he can picture somebody standing up for another person is if like they sent them <laughs> like they yeah. actually told them hey hit up this person because yeah the guy's a piece of shit so there's no way that he can even picture somebody defending you unless you've coerced them into defending you i looked over some of his stuff the, the guy is just not fucking funny and it kind of makes me sick when you know and, and you kind of brought this up carlos where it's like yeah some people are better at marketing and business than they are at comedy and they will be more successful from a financial standpoint when it comes right. to comedy yeah. But it's like you're you're you will never you might make all the fucking money in the world. You will never have the respect of your peers. And that's the thing with this guy. And this is I like, again, I didn't know anything about the guy before I made the bet. But since then, and especially since he, he decided he wasn't going to pay, I've been getting messages all over the place of people telling me not just how terrible of a comic he is, but as a person, he's <laughs> yeah. a fucking piece of shit. Like I saw- some, did you see that? Like somebody sent me like. <laughs> He used to be my roommate and we had to fucking vote him out like it was Big Brother because everybody hated him. And then he tried to charge us for his moving fees. He was he, he, <laughs> he, he threatened to send us a Persian Yeah, exactly. He's like he threatened to send a Persian lawyer on us. So like what the fuck? So yeah, apparently this guy is just a complete piece of shit. He has no friends. Yeah, Cause that's the other part. I mean, it's it's all hilarious to me, honestly. Like I don't know. I'm not angry about this at all. I think it's hilarious to give him pieces of shit hell. But another thing that I've also seen him from the screen caps that people send me, and he'll be like, Carlos agreed that he wanted my marketing advice. And you know what? A lot of people don't work with him. A lot of people don't like him. 
I don't know what yeah. it is about it. Like he'll say shit like like it sounds just like Trump. Like something. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. You know, I'm hearing a lot of things. A lot of people are saying things. A lot of people are saying you can't work with this guy. A lot of people don't like this guy. Like absolutely backed with absolutely no. It was like, oh, it's fucking no surprise this guy fucking worships Trump. That's what it is. So hit up Kayvon. Tell him to pay me. If he ever does pay me, send me a screenshot. I'm giving away 50 bucks to two people. Welcome to episode 67 of Indecorous Comedy. This is episode 17 of season two. Indecorous Comedy is a reprehensively distinguished educational comedy podcast. You're the smartest lowbrow or dirtiest highbrow podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Carlos Valencia. In front of me here, we have Bobby D. Yo. And behind me here, we have Ian. What's up? Today, we're going to be talking about Indecorous News. We're going to be doing a deep dive on Purdue, Purdue Pharma, not the chicken people, right? That's for another <laughs> episode. Uh, but before we get into any of that, let's welcome our guest today, Mr. Ben Palmer, everybody. Hello. Thank you. Hello. Hey, Ben. How you been, dude? I've been good. Now, you you were telling me uh, off the air here that you just moved to Colorado? Yeah. How come? You were out in LA, right? Yeah, I was in LA just doing comedy and stuff. And then, you know, the pandemic happened. And then it was like, well, now we're just in our apartment. So I don't see what the point of paying all this money to sit inside of an apartment is. So the remote work possibility, my wife can work remote. And so we're like, well, let's get the hell out of here. I still tell people I live in Los Angeles. Like I keep that on my profile on Facebook. So they think I'm like grinding it out. You know, yeah, yeah. I think I don't. I, I I moved out of New York like five years ago. I don't think I ever changed it on my. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. I was like, "You're in New York, right?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I still leave it. I, you know, it's Jared Harris, right? Yeah. For a while there, he he was out in L.A., but I would see him in Atlanta all the time, and I'm like, "What is he?" Saying? But he was back in Atlanta. It was just like it's just easier to leave. Yeah, I'm in L.A. And if anything, if anything comes up like an audition or something, you can just be like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm right there." Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I said, yeah, I'll be right over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you fly in like, hey, you know traffic, man. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, exactly. Right. The, the flight is probably faster than if you drove in fucking L.A. sometimes. Seriously. Where are you now? I'm in uh, Charlotte. I'm in North Carolina right now. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's, I mean, at this point, it's might as well be then. Yeah, if I was still in New York, there's no way, there would be no point for me staying with no shows and fucking paying $1,000 for a fucking 10 by 10 little room right full of rats i know my brother is there and uh he stayed because somebody across the street had a vacancy that was like 900 dollars cheaper because they wow. left and so he just moved across the street and i was like all right i'll just stay here well that's what i have said that like if two million more people move out of new york city i'll move back <laughs> <laughs> new york looks great empty <laughs> i'm yeah. like that looks really nice i mean that was one of the things i liked the least with so many people but yeah if you get rid of all those people i'm all about it <laughs> yeah we like to open the show with questions sent from our millions of listeners around the world we accept all questions sent to us but we rarely answer any of them uh, this first question this comes from megan megan asks do you ever get jealous of someone when they post an event, like a new job, engagement, or another accomplishment, and why? I'm assuming she means posts like on social media. I get jealous of people's sandwiches. When they post a really nice sandwich. Yeah, that's, that's a nice fucking sandwich. I want that. The thing with stand-up, I, I always bring it back to stand-up just because that's what I do, but 
I'm sure it applies to everything else. I don't get jealous at this point. Maybe when I was starting out, maybe. But the other part of it too, though, even back then, it was just like, well, if I'm going to be honest with myself, that person works a lot harder than I do. <laughs> I'm pretty fucking lazy. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? It's like, all right, they deserve I mean, every now and again, you will see some turds. Carlos, that reminds me of a social media post you made like several years ago about the Laughing Skull Festival. You were like... You know, I saw these people that got into the Laughing Skull Festival, and I thought to myself, how come I didn't get in the Laughing Skull Festival? You know, they're in there, how come I didn't get it? And then he's like, and then I thought, well, I didn't submit to the Laughing Skull Festival. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe that's where I went wrong, is by not submitting to the Laughing Skull Festival. You know what was funny? I did, I, it was either the year before or the year after that. I, uh, do you, have you ever met Paul Hooper, Ben? No, I've never met him okay. personally. He no. was my he was my roommate when we lived in New York City, and we both applied to the Laughing Skull Fest on the same year. And on the day that they were supposed to announce who got in and all that, I created a fake Gmail account that was it was like Laughing Skull twenty fourteen <laughs> or some shit like that. And so I sent him an email saying he'd been rejected, rejected. <laughs> But like really mean, like, like, thank, thank you for showing us what we really do not want to have on this festival. Sort of. You fucking hack. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like, you are everything we do not want to showcase on this. <laughs> and he read it because I was there with, I was just when we were in New York, we were actually, I remember this exactly because we were leaving the knitting factory on a Sunday night and he was like, what the, did, he was like, did you get a me email from the laughings? And I was like, yeah, man, I got in. It was great. And he was like, well, I got this thing. And he was so fucking, like, he was all weird out about it. Noah Garden Schwartz, I think, was with us too. He was like, that doesn't sound like uh, Marshall or anything. <laughs> but it, it, you know, anyway, I had, I had fun with that. But yeah, I, going back to the question is like, yeah, I guess part of you is going to be like, man, I wish... I could have the success that somebody else has had. But you also, I mean, if you're going to be honest with yourself, at least I am, it's not like I've busted my ass like a lot of these other people have. Yeah. And you can always make your own sandwich too, you know? <laughs> yes. yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm not going to lie when you always see somebody that's like posting this perfect life of theirs, you know, and, and like I was using the word like soulmate and they're, while well, they're posting pictures of them and their significant other in some tropical location, you have to feel just like a little satisfied when you read about their murder suicide in the paper you know <laughs> i don't i that's the one thing i won't do though like if somebody posts that they're getting married i won't post congratulations but i will <laughs> i will once they get divorced like that that's well, the, <laughs> yeah 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 i will congratulate them when they get <laughs> the rule should be you have to use the exact same picture for both announcements <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> I've seen so many, like, I even think I've done jokes on my stand-up about how fucking, like, you ever see somebody post on Facebook that they're getting engaged and you gotta hold yourself back from typing LOL? Right. Like, it's like, it's their third engagement in two years. Tag their last significant other and be like, <laughs> yeah. hey, did you see this? <laughs> yeah, right, what happened there? <laughs> yeah, it's like, you called this person your soulmate three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Ian? You got uh, jealous or anything? Yeah, um, anytime I see someone share death in the family, I, I do get, get jealous. jealous? <laughs> and, and, and here's why, here's why. So I have a, a family death pool. My uh, great uncle is the heir to the Raymond James fortune. And he's also very religious and he's probably going to donate like all of it to religious shit. But uh. there is a small chance in hell I could win the death pool. If he dies first, 
you know, my aunt, she has no kids. Her only living relatives are my mother and one other brother. So if, you know, the uncle dies first, she inherits all the money, then she wills some of it to my mother, dies second, and then my mother lives long enough and outlives everyone, then boom, jackpot. So I'm always pulling for death pulls to happen in the right order, but uh, fingers crossed, we'll see. I'm just picturing a recording of this podcast getting pulled up in court when he gets murdered. He gets yeah. murdered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have this a little bit too planned out. <laughs> yeah, it cuts you getting questioned about arsenic. <laughs> All right, we're going to go to our second question here. Sam asks, this is kind of a, a weird question, but I, I'll give you an example if you don't get it. What kind of coronavirus conspiracy theories would you start to get anti-maskers to wear a mask. And the example that this person gave me was somebody talking about being in a cab with a cab driver that didn't wear a mask, but and they were wearing a mask, like the person was wearing a mask, and they were like, the cab driver was mad. He's like, man, no, I just wear this mask because, you know, it's a, it's a big brother. There's surveillance everywhere. You know, I don't want them to recognize me sort of thing. But can you think of any other way to convince an anti-masker to wear a mask? Yeah, dude, I saw a meme about this. The meme said something to the effect of, instead of trying to convince conservatives or anti-maskers that wearing a mask will help because it'll help you care for other people, convince them that wearing a mask will hurt immigrants, and then everyone will do it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess that would work, but how would you exactly do that? Well, you could say that the mask is like a secret sign that you are one with QAnon. Maybe. Oh, <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yeah, or you just make it to where, like, you can't get fired from your job if you write all the racial slurs that you would normally say on your mask. <laughs> that that would, visible on your that, mask. That's the way that you would get around it? Is yeah, you could, you're you allowed to express your hate without fear of losing your job, <laughs> but only through your mask. Or if you wear a mask, then you can, like, mouth the N-word, and people won't know that you're doing that because you can't see through your mask. Or, oh, fuck with the deaf, you know, because... Of all those closed caption ads you had to sit through your whole life, so you're really pissed off. So fuck with the deaf people. <laughs> yeah, I got a chip on my shoulder because of the deaf. Yeah, this might be just an anger issue you have, Ian. I have not <laughs> seen a lot of people get pissed off at closed captioning. I mean, dude, all the ads that say, this ad brought to you by closed captioning, that's at least a month of your life has been spent watching ads that were paid for through closed captioning. So there you go. Yeah, I get angry every time I'm walking down a ramp instead of going down steps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot, Cripples, making my life easier and shit. <laughs> this last question, Joel asks, has dating a person of a different race or cultural background and then having a bad experience or breakup caused you to wonder if you carry any subconscious bias? Have you guys yeah. dated anybody of a different race? Yes. Very deep question. Sounds yeah. like it's uh, perhaps an experience that they might be going through themselves. <laughs> yeah, I think that, that definitely, yeah, that's definitely how it sounds. Somebody's got a bit about that. Is that is it Chad Daniels that like his wife was Puerto Rican or something? I don't know. What does he say? You know, I, I don't want to like butcher the bit, but it was kind of like that where you kind of harbor this resentment towards that race because of that person that cheated on you or whatever the fuck. I don't know if I've had this like as a personal experience, but I do. I mean, in a relationship, but I can I, I've said this before on the podcast where I can understand, I guess, somebody being uh, racist or biased if they've had a bad experience with somebody from a from a different ethnicity or race i mean it's still stupid to judge everybody from that race because of one interaction oh, but at course. least it makes a little more sense than people that are just like ah the blacks 
They're like, <laughs> terrible. You never met a black person in your life, you fucking racist piece of shit. Yeah, maybe if like you're, you know, you were a little kid and your mom or dad married somebody from that ethnicity and they, they used to beat you every day. <laughs> then I could yeah. kind of see it, but uh, yeah, then, I guess yeah. so, yeah. It's still yeah, that yeah. person. It's that jerk. It's like, ah, these fucking Ukrainians. <laughs> Here's the thing, it's like I actually I'm Hispanic, but I've actually have not dated a whole lot of Hispanic. You dated a Hispanic woman, right, Bobby? Uh, yes. How did that turn out? Puerto Rican. Um, <laughs> how did that turn it, out? It, yeah, how did that work out for you? <laughs> <laughs> Not why, with her anymore, are you? <laughs> Dated. A... Hence the ED at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, very past tense, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there were no videos of her holding a butcher knife at any point. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I can see that happening. I mean, you know, people are going to extrapolate shit. It's like everything, dude. Like, people talk about, like, I'll never buy Nissan because they suck. It's like, no, the, the one you bought sucked. Right. But there's like, oh, they all suck. No, to an extent, that is one of my pet peeves when people just take their own personal experience and then just generalize it into like, okay, this is what everybody believes. Sort of yeah. Thing. Yeah. I mean, there are still old people that aren't going to buy. Yeah, they're not going to buy Japanese cars or anything else. And <laughs> rightly so. <laughs> Have you heard of a little thing called Pearl Harbor, Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to move on to our next segment, Indecorous News. This is the segment where we highlight the most important news happening across the United States and all over the world. After you listen to this segment, you will never have to listen to another newscast ever again in your entire life. Ian, you can do this first story. You can start us out. All right, the headline for this first story is Former doctor sentenced to prison for reusing rectal devices and healthcare fraud. Former doctor from Kalamazoo, Missouri, was sentenced Michigan, to... Man. Michigan, man. Michigan. Come on, Ian. We've been through this before. Yeah, the MI is always there to trip me up. All right. Former doctor from Kalamazoo, Michigan, was sentenced to prison last week for reusing single-use rectal devices on multiple patients and committing healthcare fraud. Dr. Roger Beyer was sentenced to serve four years, nine months in prison, followed by three years of supervised release. He was ordered to pay $883,000 in restitution. No, see, it's $883,292. And the reason I point that out is because how the fuck do they come up with such specific numbers when they do these restitutions? Sure it's not hundreds, it's like hundreds of thousands, right? $800,000 roughly? $883,292. Yeah, that's just a... And 26 cents. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, how the fuck do they come up with these? I don't know. They must have some sort of formulas for how much stress you've put on somebody by using the same rectal device on them. Yeah, dude. I'd be part of that study. That sounds fun. What's a worse crime against humanity? Reusing rectal catheters or healthcare fraud? <laughs> yeah, that, right? The thing is... Well, actually, go ahead. You can read the next one, Ian. So, Bear agreed to plead guilty to conspiracy to committing healthcare fraud and directing his staff to reuse single-use... Anorectical, anorectal, uh, manamory catheters on <laughs> multiple patients as part of an initial diagnostic study with patients with potential fecal incontinence. What's funny is that the way you said it, it almost sounded like anorectal mammary catheters. Yeah. Which would be <laughs> the, well, anorectical. Uh, yeah, anorectal mammary. Like that would be the worst, right? <laughs> mammary, anorectal. The combination of all these words disgusts me is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Tits and ass. 
Tisten, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is this, yeah. This is the new terminology for tisten. I like to hear this in a rap song at some point. So, so back to the math on this. This is so about eight hundred thousand dollars in change is what he's paying. So, if you assume he had at least a thousand patients that were injured by this single-use rectal thing that they use multiple times. This still could work out to a pretty good side hustle. That's like $800 per person getting paid from this restitution. I mean, I would do that side hustle. I just, I wish I knew more about anorectal manometry catheters to (laughs) have a more informed opinion. I can't tell if the spelling is incorrect or since you didn't pay for the licensed version of Microsoft Word, yeah. they don't have the spell check updated in there. Yeah, this might be newer tournament. Out. This is actually Word 93 that, I, that I'm using right now. So. Word up 93. This straight up nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. So any kind of terminology that is past the millennium that you have to understand. But yeah, okay, so you did healthcare fraud, which is probably the higher crime here because it's probably like a federal crime. But the fucking anal rectal shit. Come on, man. <laughs> That's messed up, man. That's just lazy right there. I mean, how much money did he possibly save by reusing the same thing over and over? I mean, could it be more than a couple hundred bucks, right? That's a low reward, high risk proposition. It's one. And how can you even get good results from using something that's already been up somebody else's ass. I don't care how much you wash that shit. You, there's going to be traces. Anyway, let, before we get too deep into it, Bobby, you could do this next time. <laughs> A nurse at Women's Healthcare Specialists in Kalamazoo estimated that... Kalamazoo, pressure... Mississippi. It, yeah. <laughs> Kalamazoo, Montana. Uh, estimated that rectal pressure sensors were used more than 100 times before being replaced. What? Yeah. Rectal that's a, that's pressure sensors. What is that? A rectal pressure sensor would... PSI for your ass or something? I guess so. It's <laughs> like how, <laughs> how much shit you can fucking hold on to before you got to let it go sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a whole test they have to do, Carlos. I yeah, wonder it's if, like a sphincter test or something. Yeah, that you, this sounds like something that they would make porn stars take uh, you know? a... <laughs> Like, what? how's your rectal pressure looking these days? We have a scene that we want you to work on. <laughs> I have um, colitis and also Crohn's. It just depends on like the time of year, I guess. Depends I, on the holiday? Yeah, pretty much. So, like, depends on what I you're trying to, to get I out go, of that week? I mm-hmm. do these doctor's appointments. So I had a doctor in Atlanta and he stuck his finger up my rectum to like get some sort of test. Then I went to another doctor like years later and I was like expecting him to stick his finger up my rectum. And he was like, I actually don't need to do that. I was like, oh, why did the other guy need to do it? <laughs> wow. He's like, yeah, that's not necessary at all. I don't know why. <laughs> you know what's fucked up is that other Shit. doctor probably used that same finger on somebody else. <laughs> this is the same doctor. <laughs> I need to get in on this on this restitution. <laughs> yeah, no shit, dude. Uh, you can finish it out, Bobby. Right. Uh, former office manager Mark Saber was sentenced in June to two years in prison in order to pay $914,564 in restitution. Saber and Bayer admitted to having fraudulently billed Medicare for therapy services by claiming to have performed more lucrative services than were done and using inappropriate diagnostic codes, which is a very serious crime. But real talk, reusing the ass stuff is a lot more gross. <laughs> yeah, 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 for well, sure. Right? You know what I'm saying? It's like, again, it's fraud, this healthcare fraud, whatever. 
But fuck it, don't use the same ass shit on people. So which one do you think they started, as far as their capers are concerned, which of these capers do you think came first? Were they like, let's do healthcare fraud? And they were like, man, we're really milking this shit. What can we do next to save money and scam people? And they were like, let's do the ass thing. Or do you think they did the ass thing first and then that was the slippery slope, pun intended, to fucking the healthcare fraud? I really don't know. I don't, I mean, it seems like they're pretty unscrupulous people, but I think I might've said this at the last podcast. I don't know if I even left it in there, but... I don't have any qualms about fucking with corporations or the government because they fuck you so many times that I'm like, fuck it. You know what? You fucked me over a million times. I don't care if I'm going to fuck you. But uh, don't put the ass shit on the same person over and over. Like, that's where you went too far. Like, I, I'm For me, to... it's the inappropriate diagnostic codes. That's just like where I draw the line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's, why you... that's why we put this one in there. I knew that you were passionate about that subject. <laughs> <laughs> This next news story, Russian airline blamed for phallic flight path. So, Bobby, you can tell us what this story is about. Russia's Pobeda low-cost airline was behind a phallic flight path made in support of the national football team captain after he was embroiled in a sex video scandal. The RBC News website reported citing a federal aviation report. All right, now, that first paragraph... How exactly do you, like, drawing a dick in the air... Sky penises, yeah. So (laughs) they drew a sky penis in support of a national football team captain. I don't. I actually don't even understand how that works. Yeah, it's like like Russian's uh, Gamecock equivalent. (laughs) It's like I'm just picturing this national football team captain looking up in the sky and, like, with a tear coming down his eye. (laughs) (laughs) I I can't can't believe that airline is so attuned to my problems right now. I I wonder if he went back to, like, put the little specks on the balls for pubes. (laughs) Yeah, that's when you know they've really committed. Put all the fucking veins and shit. Yeah. Well, there was like a flock of crows that flew through, like geese you know, that flew through it. That kind of... <laughs> yes. Like geese jizz. <laughs> <laughs> they timed it just right. <laughs> Russia's Federal Air Transportation Agency, Rosa Vyatsia, said the November 11th Moscow Yekaterinburg flight with 102 passengers on board could have posed a safety hazard. Pobeda said at the time that the pilots likely performed the maneuver to show their support for national team captain Artyom Zayuba, whose selfie masturbation video had leaked days earlier. Oh, that's <laughs> what it was, because a selfie masturbation... It oh, leaked. It leaked. <laughs> yeah, somebody, leaked the... somebody leaked it? Yeah, he didn't pay the $1,400. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, yeah, yeah, that's another yeah. thing. Yeah, that's an inside reference. We got an email on our podcast account from these Russians saying that they had a video of us masturbating. Yeah. And unless we unless we sent them like $1400 in Bitcoin, Bitcoin they were going to yeah. release. Really? Like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, you so think... that that's probably what they did to him then, right? <laughs> yeah, you think the Russian hackers are bad here. Imagine how they are in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? I hadn't thought about that, but that might be what happened. Yeah, they got him fucking jerking off and he didn't pay the $1400. <laughs> Yeah, they just filmed it in person. They didn't even hack his phone. (laughs) (laughs) But at least he got his dick drawn in the sky, so maybe we'll get our dicks drawn in the sky if we don't pay. That's all I ever wanted. That's all I ask. (laughs) Delta Airlines, flight 747 over Charlotte. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 4.30 in the afternoon. Everybody look at the sky. (laughs) And how many people were going to claim the sky penis was for them, though? You know, because there's so much... (laughs) 
Right. I would just like the captain announcing that to the passengers. Like, well, there's going to be a slight delay here because we've got to draw a dick in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was sleeping anyway, so he's like, now's the time to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's dick drawing time, boys. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you can read this paragraph right there. Okay. Russa Viazia Commission blamed Pobeda's management for the incident, saying the penis-shaped flight path violated safety rules, according to RBC. Pobeda is a subsidiary of Russia's flagship carrier, Aeroflot. I imagine it violated safety rules just because they went off path, but I'd like to think that, like, they have that specifically in the books. It's like, do not draw a dick. (laughs) That specifically is very, because you got to do two circles, and that's too much for the wings to fucking, whatever, the turbines cannot. Any other, you can draw tits, just don't draw a fucking dick with balls. So here, here, here's, a, here's a sort of deep question for you guys. Let's say you're a passenger on that plane. You don't have any connecting flight to catch. And the ca- captain says, we're going to be delaying the flight by 15 minutes, but we're going to draw the sweetest sky penis you've ever seen. Are you guys cool with that? Or are you guys going to be like, oh, come on, man. I want to get where I'm going. I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends on how fast I need to get to the next place. But otherwise, uh, yeah, I don't think I would mind too much uh, of a plane drawing a dick. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to even be able to enjoy it from the plane. You're going to have to hope that somebody got like a picture of it or something that had a good view. Exactly. Somebody else has to fucking record it so you can really yeah. get the payoff. And you got to talk to people and bring it up. Be like, hey, did you see that sky penis the other day? I was on that flight. That's right. You can tell your grandkids about that. Yeah. You remember name you, dropping the sky penis. You guys, yeah. Remember sky penis? That was that was me. That was uh, <laughs> I was up there. Google it. Google it. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Rosavia. I don't know why I have to keep saying this word. Rosavia. Yeah. Commission reportedly said the two incidents pointed to deliberate actions by Pobeda's management, according to the Baza Telegram channel, which also cited the report. November 10 transcripts allegedly showed pilots thanking flight control for blocking the phallic-shaped pattern they had sought to perform, quote, against their will. Oh, so they're saying, like, the pilots are saying, like, we didn't want to do this, but management told us we had to draw a dick? (laughs) (laughs) Wow, okay. I I actually kind of have more uh, respect for that. It's like, it's the guys on top that are fucking like, nah, we got to draw a dick for the captain, bro, (laughs) of the football team. And, you know, and if you're forced to do it, then you could go in there. That's your opportunity to draw an egg-shaped, like, Jeffrey Epstein dick. <laughs> oh, that's spite. right. Spite, I forget yeah. I, I forget that he had an egg-shaped penis. <laughs> oh. Bobby always brings this up. That, uh... <laughs> I, every podcast, I try to find my opportunity, and I figured, you know, sky dicks, why not? Guys, we're going to go into our indecorous deep dive. We build this podcast as an educational comedy podcast. We often fall short of the latter, but we always deliver on the former. This week we're doing Purdue Pharma, which has been in the news recently. I just saw a story about this a couple of days ago, so this is going to be really up to date. Ian wrote this one, so Ian, you can start us off. All right. Saw this in the news as well, and this is what kind of triggered the whole series of events that put this in place. So um, mm-hmm. Purdue Pharmaceutical was founded in 1892 by medical doctor John Purdue Gray, but after 60 years, not enough evil had occurred. So the company was sold to brothers Raymond Arthur and Mortimer Sackler in 1952. Things were about to change. As a high school student, Mortimer Sackler made a lot of money selling cigarette ads in his school newspaper to tobacco companies. The school didn't realize he was profiting, 
and didn't notice the ads until they were already in circulation. This seems like a common thread sometimes because it seems like the guys, I never saw that McDonald's movie, but it seems like the guy that actually started McDonald's is just like, you know, old man McDonald, whatever the fuck his name was. <laughs> that was his and, name. That was his old, yeah. he had a farm, I hear. Yeah. So that guy, it was whatever, it's a hamburger shop, but then he sold it to, what was it, Croc? Yeah, Ray Croc. Yeah. And then it's like, it's when you sell it to the fucking really, uh, what do you call, I don't want to call them evil, That's but maybe they are. I just don't, they're really, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, capitalists? Or, no, no. Yeah, uh, yeah, like, yeah, basically. Like seeking like opportunists maybe? I don't yeah, know. yeah, exactly, yeah, like that. So it's those guys that really fucking take it to the next. Like if old man McDonald had never sold McDonald's, it'd just be like a local fucking thing. But yeah, these really enterprising guys, they're like, all right, I'm going to do everything in my power to make this shit into a gigantic fucking Yeah, dude, so these, these evil city slickers get in there and fuck up the party. So it was good for about 60 years until Arthur and Mortimer got their filthy paws on this bad boy. So as a high schooler, Mortimer was basically selling fucking cigarette ads in a school newspaper. I mean, yeah. that's pretty awful. And then Arthur yeah. Sackler, he realized early on that being a successful in the, the medical pharmaceutical industry requires not only seduction of the patient who takes the drug, but also seduction of the doctor that writes a prescription. So this dude actually pioneered the approach that modern companies take to buy off doctors, to write the scholarly medical articles, yeah. to influence their peers. And in fact, in uh, 1997, Arthur was inducted to the Medical Marketing Hall of Fame because in case you were wondering, yes, there needs to be awards given to the most evil people on the planet. Like, See, that again, this goes back to like, Whatever old man Purdue, he he would have never thought. It's like, hey, you know what? How about we bribe the doctors too? Because he was probably a decent human being. But then these other motherfuckers come in. It's like, yeah, you know how we can really profit here? We fucking uh, turn some of these doctors on our in our favor. Have you guys ever heard of the Medical Marketing Hall of Fame? No, I, I never miss. I never miss it. I I go to the museum every year. I can't wait to have a family so we can all go to the <laughs> Medical Marketing Hall of Fame. It's about the same as the Hall of Fame for police officers that killed the most innocent people. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> I, I've heard about the um, people making like fake medical articles and getting them actually published. I think there was one about eating chocolate, making you lose weight. And then, that, <laughs> and then news stations picked up on it. That's the other thing, too, man, that I didn't, I mean, I read about it years and years later, but it was one of those where, like, a lot of these reports that get reported on, like, local newscasts and shit, they don't know what the fuck they're doing, like, the actual newscasters. They're like, oh, there's a report that said something. It sounds like it'd be good to put on the TV, but they don't do any fucking fact-checking on anything. Local news is just like a bunch of people regurgitating the stuff that your uncle gets emailed on, you know, or reads on Facebook. You know, that's that's what local news is. Yeah, basically. So, like, if there's any, like you say, like, there's an article that says, chocolate actually makes you lose weight. That's all they see is a headline. Like, this will be a good news story. Boom, put <laughs> it up there. They're not going to fucking research whatever the methodology was of this study or whatever. That was also part of the, the movie Mean Girls. They tricked the girl into thinking that she was eating, like, diet bars. <laughs> she was just eating, like, chocolate bars. Am I getting it? That's right, right? Yeah, I don't remember. It's been a while since I saw Mean Girls. I, I didn't know you were going to get all scholarly on me. <laughs> But I mean, what was the cacao percentage, you know? <laughs> right. Um, was it 72, 90? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bob, uh, you can do this next one. So in the 1990s, they finally landed their first hit single with the drug oxycodone. 
Uh, they later followed this up with the popular tunes of fentanyl, codeine, and hydrocodone, all of which went platinum. And by platinum, we mean hundreds of thousands of deaths. They all went platinum except for codeine. It only went gold. Uh, everyone over at Purdue was having a great time rolling around in a shitload of cash. The only problem was that their customer base kept dying. Yeah, I guess that's a problem. These people, you can't kill too many of them too fast or you're going to kill your customer base. I guess that's, I guess that's a good thing. Like again, going back to McDonald's is that heart disease takes a while. So you can still get a good amount of money from these people before they fucking broke from their heart giving in. Oh, yeah. So lots of fries and milkshakes. Well, the same with, with cigarettes. We've done cigarettes in the last couple of weeks, the tobacco industry. And I think that's part of the reason that they've been able to get away with it is because Nobody really ODs on cigarettes. It just slowly kills you. Like if it was like heroin where you just injected like, oh my God, he took three cigarettes and passed away. Then people might, might actually pay more attention. But because it slowly kills you, then they can get away with that shit. Well, Purdue had some tough choices. They could make their drug weaker, which would make them safer, but also less addictive. Or they could go on a PR blitz and victim shame the people that died and call them pussies, junkies, and point smugly to their microscopic warning labels. We know how this moral dilemma played out. Purdue did the right thing, aired on the side of safety, reined in their corporate greed, and all the overdoses were a thing of the past. Just kidding. Of course, they did the victim shaming and even doubled down on lobbying doctors to go replace all those dead customers. <laughs> Okay. But I think you know, victim shaming is definitely the best way, you know, to handle corporate responsibility because you should always expect every one of your customers to have a microscope or magnifying glass they can put in front of the t tiny little print on the pill bottles right. and read all of that bullshit. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's like when you fucking sign up the terms and agreements of whatever fucking digital product that you bought. Like, yeah. is anybody reading the 35 pages uh of... Every single one of them, I read every, all 73 pages. That's a little joke I like to do with, because, you know, whenever my parents buy anything digital or whatever, I have to help them. I have to do the things for them. But when we get to the terms and conditions screen, I'm just like, all right, start reading that shit and let me know if you agree to it. I'll be back in a couple of hours. <laughs> like, I can't just click agree. You got to read this shit. <laughs> You can't end up in that South Park episode where they have to do the human centipede. That's right. Yeah, that was so brilliant, too, man. Fucking, hey, it's in there. Uh, ben, you can do this, this next paragraph. Then. All right. Between the doctors and the retail drugstores, the overdoses and deaths were never a moral dilemma. It was the customer attrition through death that was the real problem. The supply chain was only angry about the shaky customer retention numbers, so Purdue came up with a rebate program that would pay out around $15,000 per customer death to keep the drugstores and doctors happy and everyone's sales pipelines flat. Once they ironed out this small kink, doctors and drugstores, again confident in the products, brought up record prescriptions for Purdue and profits soared to an all-time high. How, how did this work? So yeah. did they re if they reported on OD, they would get $15,000? Yeah, dude. So if a customer dies, because this is how the whole thing worked, Walgreens and CVS, they were basically having some trepidation about this product because it was killing their customers. And they're like, you know what? We just can't make enough money on this because every time we find a customer and put them on this drug, they fucking die. Yeah. And, they and are, they're also selling like deodorant to these people and shampoos. So the thing is, like, they didn't have any problem with the moral dilemma of the death. It was the fact that their sales were going to take a hit. So they're like, look, yeah, sure. anytime someone <laughs> dies and you lose a customer, we'll give you $15,000. And some people would call this $15,000 rebate a bribe. But here's the thing. To prove a bribe, 
you must actually demonstrate an illegal intent. And the last time I checked, killing people under the guise of corporate greed was just as American as apple pie. Yeah, oh, I think yeah. that's just the American way, I guess. All right. In recent years, the opi- opioid, opioid epidemic has become more visible, and subsequently, there have been lots of information campaigns to combat this. To counter the emotional message from mothers whose teenage sons died from the drug, the company needed some awesome counter-marketing. But to further stack the deck against Purdue, the FDA was putting out warnings about opioid... Opi- opioid I can't say that fucking word. About <laughs> They're opioids. the one that, that picked this subject, so don't, <laughs> you, you can yell at me for it. Nah, dude, it's my bad. And, and pesky signs were popping up on the interstates reminding people that opioids killed more people than car crashes. But not to worry. The Sackler family and Purdue had an ace up their sleeve. They put together a stellar marketing campaign of new studies showing that opioids help relieve stress, depression, and make patients more optimistic and feel less isolated. They also put out the claim that alternatives were less effective and suicides could be prevented if these people just had their drugs. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, you could use this kind of argument for any drug. It's like, hey, it's yeah. going to make you feel like way awesome. <laughs> when you're on the drug don't mind the the side effects just think about how happy it's going to make you when you're on the actual drug yeah yeah don't think about how sad you're going to be when you're off of it <laughs> right just yeah and if you're already you're already on it you need to stay on it <laughs> you can't, yeah. yeah like you don't want to be sad again right <laughs> you, you can't just like get off of it cold turkey that shit'll yeah. mess you up Have you guys ever, I've never, I've taken many drugs, but the one that I've always been scared of is heroin. Like, I'll try it once I'm, like, ready to die. I mean, I'll try try anything once. But the rap on it is that it's super addictive. So (laughs) That's the word on the street, huh? (laughs) Yeah, that's what I hear. Word on the street. That's what I hear. That's what what my grandma told me. I don't know. He was shooting up, and she was like, you don't want to try this, son. This is a very addictive. (laughs) But are these drugs... The same, like I know they're all like opioids and shit, but I've are they done just as cotton? And uh, I've done the codeine syrup. They all are fantastic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> five stars. Reading endorsed me. Yeah, Purdue's doing a hell of a job. <laughs> they are great. As a matter of fact, the syrup was. I used to have a great time on the syrup. With that being said, they are terrible for your body and your heart. And <laughs> how does it? Because I am genuinely curious. Like, how does it make you feel when you take these shits? Happy. Just like, just like happy, like straight up. Yeah, pretty much. Not a problem in the world. Now, there's one little side effect I used to get with the syrup is I would get like itchy, but it was like, well, I'm super happy and I'm a little itchy, so I'm good. (laughs) So so the super happy like overcame the itchy. (laughs) I'm willing to itch because I feel fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Even the itching feels good, you know. The pills, they're like, you want to sit down and watch a movie, you're gonna be just like sucked into the couch and just feel like you're on a cloud. Dude, see, you know what, man? Like, when we did the 420 episode, I got really high. Now I feel like we should do a oxycodone episode. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right? I just do opioids. And we just, it just sounds wonderful once you explain it. <laughs> well, I, I don't want to spoil this, but I'm assuming that's basically what brought them down was the itchiness, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, everything else is playing good. The, the death, we're all above board. But, but once yeah. the FDA heard about the itchiness, that's what brought them down. Well, sure. I yeah, that was just a little additive so they could sell some, like, Benadryl or Calamine lotion. <laughs> right. They, uh, they work together. Yeah, exactly. It's all a conspiracy, bro. <laughs> so uh, uh, the high price of the drug OxyContin has been blamed for it being a gateway to heroin. Four out of five people that start with a prescription painkiller eventually move into heroin because it's cheaper. 
Purdue responded by saying, it's not our fault. There are cheaper drugs that will kill you faster. What do you want for us to make less money to try to compete with heroin street dealers? And so is that, again, I'm very naive about all these things, but so is that what was going on? It was just like, all right, if I can't get my pills, I'm just going to go out and fucking start. Well, yeah, Artie Lang said he switched to, to heroin because his dealer told him that all the pills that he was taking was killing his liver. And so heroin would be easier <laughs> on his liver. Wow, yeah. really? Yeah. And I think like Harris Whittles was saying like his Oxycontin habit was becoming too expensive and mm-hmm. like heroin looked like it would be a cheaper alternative to, I guess, make it, the dope sickness go away. Is that what eventually killed him? Did he OD on heroin? Yeah. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. All right. Well, in 2013, the DEA and Justice Department reached a settlement with Walgreens, who was found to have writing illegal prescriptions for opioids from fake doctors. As part of the settlement, Walgreens agreed to crack down on the fraud. As a result of the crackdown, Purdue saw Walgreens sales down by 18%. So to combat Walgreens' sudden pussification. If if you're going to make up words, man, you got to spell them right. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Pussification. Pussification. Purdue lobbied them to lighten up and started redirecting its sales force to focus on lobbying doctors who were especially prolific prescribers of Oxycontin. The logic was to double down on these quote-unquote best doctors since the quote-unquote fake doctors were drying up. It's kind of like when Trump calls everything fake news, but Newsmask and OANN are the best. Kind of thing. That's kind <laughs> yeah. of what that reminds me of. Yeah. They paid countless doctors to claim its safety and effectiveness and did a hug, P- a hug? Huge. A huge. <laughs> oh, right. The gay PR blitz a hug. They... <laughs> I think the hug PR blitz was also a good move. Yeah, yeah, right? Because it was kind of sweet, right? Because everybody's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> they, hu- they, they did the hug PR blitz and then the kissy face PR blitz. <laughs> All right. They did a huge PR blitz to downplay its addictive properties and reminding everyone that their drugs are always a great alternative to heroin and crack. I, I mean, I guess, I guess if you can come up with something that's not as evil as the other thing, then you don't look as evil sort of thing. Yeah, it's a... Yeah big deflection i mean you can just go on and on with that just always do messed up stuff but there's always something else that's messed up in the world so yeah right it's like it's the you could call it like at least we're not hitler strategy right yeah we're like we're doing bad things but you know at least we're not fucking doing uh what do you call that yeah yeah you don't have to fill in the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that was one of their ad campaigns at least we're doing the, uh, what's that what's that thing uh <laughs> With the, you the know, with the juice. At least we're not reusing rectal exams or whatever. Right. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> all right, so you can do this next paragraph. Despite all the obvious awesome things that Purdue has done, some bedwetting pussies have tried to sue them, claiming various forms of negligence, international malice, fraud, and killing hundreds and thousands of their customers. By January of 2019, 36 states were included in various lawsuits against Purdue. In October 2020, Purdue agreed to an $8 billion settlement to cover all the various lawsuits. Like, I wonder if, I don't know what the numbers are. I don't know if you know, Ian, but, eight, I mean, obviously $8 billion is a lot of money, but I wonder how much money they actually fucking made throughout all these years. Uh, $30 billion. Yeah, so mm. it's like fucking, who cares at this point? You know oh, it, gets I mean? even, like, it gets even better, it gets even better. All right, well, so like any reasonable company caught red-handed, the Sackler family personally withdrew $10 billion from the company and then filed Chapter 11 bankruptcy so they could pay back all their creditors for pennies on the dollar. 
they didn't have to pay the $8 billion at the point because they did this move to try to shelter the money. So they didn't even have to pay the $8 billion. Jesus Christ. Well, the government frowned upon this transparent fuckery and sentenced them to 25 years in jail and seized all their assets. Who? They sentenced who to 25 years in jail? The Just read the next just read the next part. Though. Okay. Uh, all right. You see, <laughs> you threw that, me that. off. You said, just kidding. <laughs> this is America, after all. The Sacklers were only ordered to pay a mere $225 million to the federal government, admit no wrongdoing, and they were allowed to keep the existing $30 billion in total that the family has made since the 90s. After 450000 U.S. deaths, the Sackler family was forced to only part with 0.001% of their fortune, to further illustrate that this was just a speeding ticket. The $225 million divided by the 450000 debt comes out to about 500 bucks a person. That's a speeding ticket. Yeah, they were yeah. paying 30 times that to the pharmacies if somebody died. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, for losing a customer. Exactly. So they pay more money whenever someone dies to their downstream suppliers to sure up their, their sales pipelines. And then the federal government, the fine they pay, basically a speeding ticket. Well, this is why, again, before I got to your trickery of your just kidding, Ian, that you always get me with, your subterfuge, uh, when it said like 25 years in jail, that's the problem I always have with these issues. Like, you know, this is not the first time that we've done the dark history of a corporation, but anytime that they get brought to justice, quote unquote justice, like, who goes to jail? Nobody. Nobody. Like it's it's yeah, always never. like, oh, the corporation did something wrong. Who's the corporate? You can't put a corporation in jail, basically. Well, well, calm down, Carlos. It's not like they were smoking pot or something. <laughs> well, again, it's because of all this fuckery that corporations get away with that I wish somebody would fuck around with corporations more often, like on social media. I hear Segway coming. Yeah, <laughs> and that's why we have our buddy Ben Palmer here, because Ben Palmer, I don't know if you heard this, he trolls. <laughs> ben, how long have you been doing the trolls now, man? Because I remember when you started doing that shit when we were living in Atlanta, and that's been at least five years, right? Yeah, I think it's been like seven years now, I think. So, I mean, I try to explain it to people. I just think it's hilarious. But how would you, how do you explain what you do? I have a hard time explaining it, too. I just pretend to be stuff like corporations... And on Facebook, people take their little complaints to the corporations on like their public page. And so then I pretend to be the corporation and I respond to them. And then they think they're, <laughs> they're talking to the corporation, but they're talking to me. And, and you then, do it. You do it perfect because you match the logo of whatever corporation that you're the profile picture. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, the name. So it looks mm, unless it's one of those things where like, unless you're looking for the blue check mark verified, you look exactly like the corporation. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's what they think too. <laughs> and people who actually like see my content, I'll see comments and people being like, "Man, Walmart really got them." Like, oh man, Hulu. I am subscribing to Hulu for this one. <laughs> you know, I hadn't even thought about that, but yeah, there's got to be some cool people out there. They're like, "Oh fuck yeah, Hulu told that motherfucker." <laughs> It's like a disturbing amount of people that I've seen that think it really is the company. They're like, I just love it when corporations clap back. I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If only they were that cool, man. Like, man, did Hulu just use the N-word on Twitter? That's crazy. <laughs> well, no, it's Hulu telling someone off who used the N-word on Twitter. <laughs> Why do, do you remember what was the first one that you did? or like the, Uber when you first... was the very first one. 
What what did you do? I was I was probably wasn't as good back then, but like I was kind of pissed because Uber was like a brand new thing back then. Uh-huh. And to me, I, I didn't even have a car. So to me, it was like a huge luxury, like these people riding around in their little cars that other people were driving. <laughs> yeah. So I was just like, just messing with them. Someone left like their phone in the car and I'm like, well, we're not a personal phone investigation service or, you know, just... <laughs> <laughs> I would respond to like everyone and then just share it. And I think the idea in itself was like a new idea that people like. So it was like, cool. But then over the years, I feel like I've worked on it and being better and trying to refine it. Uh, have you found other people trying to do the same shit that you're doing? Yeah, but they run into a lot of problems, which I like. Oh, yeah? <laughs> They're always like, how do you do this? <laughs> I'm like, I'm not telling you. <laughs> that's what. That's the other thing, because I had that same question. I'm like, I'm not going to fucking ask Ben to give up all his secrets. But it is I fucking totally, great. If you want to, Carlos, I will tell you. No, no, Private, no, we'll, we'll, privately, you can message me and I'll let you know. There you go. Yeah, privately. We don't we have to. <laughs> We have millions of fans on this well, podcast. People want me to do like a tutorial. I'm like, well, then everyone's going to do it. It's going to get watered down. And then people are going to be like, your shit isn't original anymore. Well, or it, it, they're going to say that I stole it from the person that I gave the it, tutorial for. <laughs> exactly, dude. It's like, I've never, you know, I've, I've never done shit like this, like you're doing. But just from the context of stand-up comedy, when I've had other people do my jokes and I call them out on it, part of it is if I don't do something... And then somebody hears me tell that joke that heard the other person tell the joke. Then they're going to be like, oh, Carlos stole whatever the other person thinks right. uh, joke was. So, yes, that's why you got to fucking defend yourself from that shit. Otherwise, you're going to be the one that's going to be called the plagiarizer. Totally. Yeah. And it's happened before I've seen. Yeah, because then that's a really bad position to be in where they're telling you like, hey, Carlos, you stole this person's joke. They stole your joke. And now you have to deal with their Ex- creation, their nasty like thing that they've made. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Now, have you gotten into actual legal trouble for this shit or just like, hey, stop doing that? Well, there's always the slap on the wrist Facebook gives you. They'll disable an account or suspend you from creating pages or commenting on these pages. And then every now and then the actual company will file a copyright claim. And it's nothing serious. They're just like, hey, this happened like two days ago. Costco filed a copyright claim. If you want to email them, you can. And they'll give you the email address of like their intellectual property rights manager. Oh. Every now and then I'll email them. Like one time I emailed Target. It was like a three paragraph long essay about how I was the originator of Target back in like 18, <laughs> 1842. I actually came up with Target. You know, so it technically is my company name that you stole from me. I had a podcast where I was doing for a little bit where it was basically just like I was claiming to be a senior editor at Business Insider interviewing corporate executives. And the first one was Lyft because I used to be a Lyft driver and I, I hated it. I hated, <laughs> I hated Lyft. So, oh, Bobby used to be a Lyft driver too. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 So, Bobby, you might find some therapy in listening to that. But <laughs> after I did that interview, so I had my friend play the Lyft CEO and I asked them every question that I've always wanted to ask them that like they would never answer it publicly. And then like threw in some fake commercials in between. And then Lyft sent me a cease and desist and got my podcast taken off Apple and my oh. my podcast host oh, Buzzsprout dropped me. Damn. Yeah. But um, I was working as a background actor that day as a lawyer. So 
I sent them a picture of me dressed up as a lawyer. <laughs> Did you at least get to keep that sweet when they used to give you the physical pink mustaches that you had to attach to your car? <laughs> that's funny. I That's like way back in the day when Lyft first started those mustaches. What a ridiculous concept. Yeah, I had concept. one of those fucking things. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, and then they're like, well, no, you're not one of our employees. Like, I have a mustache on my car. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the credentials you need to get anywhere in the company. <laughs> like, dude, I am promoting your company, and you're not gonna give me a, some freaking health insurance. I got this mustache. I, how am I gonna? <laughs> this, shit, this mustache is gonna give me a disease. I'm gonna need some health insurance. <laughs> yeah, no shit. I remember that. I remember. Well, I, I know about it because Bobby used to put that thing on his car, and uh, I would mock him relentlessly. So that's how I remember. <laughs> But was there some kind of entendre there, the mustache rides? Did anybody ever see that? I think that might have been where they went wrong. They, they could have advertised mustache <laughs> They should have leaned into that one. That's beautiful. <laughs> I, I think so. And they used to have a thing where they wanted you to fist bump your passenger. Remember that? Really? Body? Yeah. They'd be like, just yeah, give, him a fist, yeah. give him a fist bump. But like, you know, 300 sexual assaults later, they're like, maybe. <laughs> so mustache ride, then you fist yeah. them. Awesome. Yeah, one, one person's fist bump is another person's yeah. fist. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. yeah, yeah I missed yeah. the uh, I missed the bump portion of that. The thin, thin thin line between fist bump and just fisting. <laughs> yeah. You were trolling the Atlanta. What was it? Just like the city of Atlanta for a second. Yeah, that was the yeah the city of Atlanta. Did they mm -hmm. make you take down your shit? Yeah, that got deleted a, a few times, but it was around for like two years before it got deleted. The city had like a statement they made about it, and they gave it to the news and then like the news let me like do a rebuttal to the city that's on, great and then they aired so i made i made demands <laughs> i was like I'll take, the, take, take the page down if you like meet my demands and the news the local news like aired my demands <laughs> what were your demands <laughs> i gotta know what your demands were now bro. Uh, my demands so i was mad because i had a lot of traffic tickets and so my demands were all of my traffic tickets absolved sixty dollars <laughs> cash and then there was a running joke about the trolley. I guess taxpayers paid a ton of money for this little trolley system that everyone hated. And so uh, <laughs> my last demand was two free rides on the trolley. <laughs> that might be the one that made me the happiest because when I was there, I got I, I still probably owe money to Park Atlanta, dude. <laughs> you know, because I, I lived I live in Midtown and right. I would park and I would, but every now and again I would figure you had to put like a little fucking parking permit thing and I would forget to put it on there and they would put a ticket on the because they went fucking wild there for like a year or two just giving tickets left and right and shit. Yeah. So I was so pissed. So when you did that, you, you, that's why you're my hero, Ben. <laughs> I appreciate yeah. that. I got pulled over on my way to pay my tickets. I like drove, <laughs> drove to the courthouse, was going to pay the bill. I got pulled over and then they towed my car. I made a wrong turn and was like looping back around to park and I got pulled over. I was like, I'm literally on my way to pay these tickets. They're like, sorry, towed car. See you later. Mm. Fuck, dude. Damn, dude. <laughs> that so, really sucks. So where are you doing? Because I saw you have a Patreon now, right? Yeah. Because you also have the Facebook pages. So what is what, what is it that you're doing now as far as uh, posting your, your stuff? So yeah, so I post a lot of my stuff on Facebook or I make a TikTok video out of them or Instagram or even YouTube now. And then you can sign up for my Patreon and you just get extra content. You know, like for every four screenshots I share, there'll be like six or seven 
Well, my math is terrible. You know, a few extra <laughs> screenshots. <laughs> but yeah, I do that. And then, yeah, I do other stuff for the people that sign up for my Patreon. We, like, watch movies together on, like, Netflix Party and shit like that. But yeah, I mean, I'm basically just doing the same thing and just spending more time on it than I ever have. So there's more stuff because for do. a while, weren't you, you know, nobody's doing shows anymore, but weren't you for a while doing like a, like a presentation type of thing, like a live thing? Yeah, or, that or... was my, that was like my thing. And I was trying to do that anywhere I could. And then pandemic hit, I stopped Ubering and lifting. And um, then I started just dedicating my time to making these videos with like a green screen, as opposed to like being on stage with a projector screen behind me doing like a presentation. I just do it online and then um threw it on the tiktok you know what i was happy to see is you did one about the judge shows yeah and i was happy to see that dude because it was like i don't know about four weeks ago i brought that up because i knew you'd done that with uh, uh what's his name sean, sean boyd. boyd yeah yeah a and i brought that up and i'm like oh fuck i hope i'm not blowing ben's spot here by talking about that shit but then when you did that video i was like oh okay good so we're oh right yeah everyone <laughs> everyone knows yeah that's yeah. hilarious I remember the first time I met you, I believe we talked about Sean Boyd. I had just moved to Atlanta and you're like, oh yeah, I know Sean Boyd. I was like, yeah, oh I was, shit. I was like, yeah, fam. <laughs> Be blessed. Be, Be blessed, blessed, fam. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I've, I've done a few of those court shows, I guess, for those who are listening don't know. Me and my friends, and it was Sean Boyd's idea, to be honest. Like, Oh, wow, well, really? He had like, his cousin went on a show and got paid for it. Because the court show, what happens is when you sue each other, the court show pays for everything so like if i sued you for five thousand dollars you wouldn't have to pay if you lost the court show pays and it doesn't really? want it on anybody's record so wow. then it's basically just like a free trip to la and then you film a court show and then you get paid you know they send you a check so we would all just kind of be in on the court show we'd make up a, a case and then like get our act our evidence together and like just sue each other and then get paid and then split it <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's that so awesome. fucking yeah, it's fucking brilliant, dude. Did, yeah, so did I did you, it once with Sean, and then I moved to Atlanta, and then did it a couple more times. I'm did like, you do yeah. one with Albanese? Yeah, that one was fun. The full oh. episodes on my YouTube, but yeah, oh, Albanese. Sweet. Albanese had a Battle of the Beards contest that he actually did run in real life. So then we like came up with a case based around that. So it became like easier to lie about because you just oh. have like real life <laughs> stuff you could just draw from, you know. That's awesome, man. You want to plug anything in particular before we let you go? Maybe, I guess YouTube would be the most, yeah. Right YouTube.com slash Ben Palmer Trolls. No, yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Thank you for making yeah, the time, this dude. This was awesome, yeah. dude. Thanks for yeah. doing it, Ben. That was a lot of and, fun. Yeah, man. and keep doing that shit you do, man. It fucking cracks me up okay. every fucking time you do it, <laughs> yeah, bro. It. I will. All right. All right, Ben, man. Take care, brother. All right, you too. Bobby, you got any last words for the podcast before we go? <sighs> Uh, not really. I, you know, <laughs> the thing is, like, I, I, I always know that you don't, but I just ask it for that sigh. That's what I look forward to. Yeah, the awkward poll and the, and the disappointing no. <laughs> we live for. Yeah, we. we live uh, that's for what it. I. That's I don't even care about the rest of the podcast. It's just like I can't wait to get to the point where I. The ask, empty disappointment at the end. Yes. Yes. The, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just general, just disgust with everything. <laughs> that might. I might have to put that on my next best of the podcast. It's just all your size of like <laughs> disappointment. <laughs> How about you, Ian? You got any last words before we go? I'm gonna make a custom screensaver of sky penises. 
It just kind oh. of rotate. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to work on that tonight, actually. Oh, I, th- I thought you were saying Skype penises. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah like Tubin, the two, the Tubin, if you will, the Tubin, yeah, yeah, yeah. We never really did an update on Tubin, but he actually he ended up getting fired from CNN, I believe, right? Those fascist bastards. Yeah, that's oh, was right. It, wait, was it the New York Times or something? Well, he was with the New Yorker, but he was also a CNN oh. correspondent. So I think CNN let him go. And I mean, I can't imagine the New Yorker. <laughs> I can't. I can't imagine the New Yorker has looser rules on masturbating on a conference call. No, they do. That's why you work there, you know? <laughs> That's how you get that job? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, you got to send them a reel. <laughs> I, 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 I do hear that the adult entertainment industry has now taken an interest in this guy, so he might have a career after all this. That is one of the funny things about how it doesn't matter what disgraceful shit you did, you'll always have porn to fall back on. Every time, every time, every single time. And actually, you'll probably get paid more after you have some sort of fucking inglamorous falling out. I'm telling you, dude, Screech did it, so fuck yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, but Screech did it, but you know what? He got taken out of the fucking Saved by the Bell reboot or whatever. I don't know. Actually, it's not even a reboot. It's just whatever they yeah. whatever they call it when they bring a show back. He's not in it. Yeah. Has, I wonder, it, it would have been kind of cool if like, because I can't imagine that she's had, Lark Voorhees has had a ton of work since that show. So it would have been kind of cool if they did a porn together and he finally got to bang. Dude. Screech fucks turtle. And then you... <laughs> but it's an actual turtle? Yeah, yeah. You never explain what turtle, yeah. this sort of thing. So then... people have to, you have to buy the DVD to find out what kind of turtle. Is it a turtle or Lisa turtle? I'm starting that GoFundMe page right fucking now. It's <laughs> Preach Fuck Sturtle. <laughs> well, you can follow me online if you want. I'm on Twitter, Carlos underscore Valencia, Instagram, Carlos V Comedy. And obviously, follow us online on our all social medias. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next week. Walk your cats. Walk your cats. Walk your cats. Oh, oh so you said cat, cats. Plural now. I, th- I think I went plural, yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, once you started pissing all over your cats, man, you just fucking got out of control. <laughs> <laughs>